to be joined by the incredible Jess Kelly on this edition of the Shine series with Shona. It is um, such a good opportunity to chat to an incredible woman in media who is known as a tech expert. She is a radio and TV broadcaster and uh, yeah, like I say, has that title expert, which must feel lovely, Jess, to be known as an expert. I think when you're called an expert, it's a bit scary because there's always people who are going to want to tell you that you're wrong about something or that they know something uh, more than you do. So the expert thing kind of gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. What I say is I'm a tech fan who's now paid to do their research. So I'm a correspondent in that I do my homework. I do as much research as I can. And then I try to have as many of the answers as possible. But nobody ever has all the answers. If they say they do, they're lying. (laughs) well said I must ask I guess it's an unusual industry for a female to be in and I hate the fact that I'm saying it is an unusual industry but it's certainly a male-dominated industry technology and tech so tell us a little bit about your journey from I guess being a student in secondary school to where you are now yeah, so it all happened very accidentally. So when I was in secondary school, I went to Colosh Isagon in Dublin and I had a very fixed notion that I was going to be a primary school teacher. I had amazing primary school teachers when I was in primary school and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be Miss Hurley. That's what I want to do is I want to be Miss Hurley. But then the Leaving Cert had uh, other ideas for me. So my CAO, the first like one to five was all primary teaching. And then I missed out by five points, which just broke my heart. And I ended up doing Irish and geography in UCD and I didn't like it. I went from a small secondary school where everybody knew my name. I was part of the school community. I was making an impact. I loved it to being on a college campus with thousands and thousands of other people. And I kind of went back into myself a little bit. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know as many people as I thought everyone else knew. I didn't fit in in any of the societies. So within three or four months, I decided to write to every radio station in Ireland looking for work experience. Um, Like I did hospital radio, I did local radio, I did national radio, I did everything you could think of just asking for work experience. And News Talk was the only one that got back to me. And they said, you can come in on Saturdays and Sundays from five in the morning and make tea and coffee for free. And I was like, oh, my God, I've made it. I am Miriam O'Callaghan. Like, I have absolutely nailed this. Um, so I did that for about a year and then was offered um, some freelance re- uh, researching shifts. So that's where you come in if someone is sick or if someone's on holidays, uh, you come in and you get paid to work on a program for a day. So I did that alongside UCD and alongside making the tea and coffee for free on Saturdays and Sundays. So I kept up the the free coffee thing for maybe two years. And then I was very lucky that I got to work on different outside broadcasts with News Talk. So I think at the National Ploughing Championships in 2009, I think it was, that's how old I am, 2009, I stood in the lashing rain in the National Ploughing Championships, giving out car air fresheners uh, for pe- for News Talk to people who didn't know what News Talk was because we were still a young station at that age. So I did that. And then um, a few weeks before I graduated, so I graduated in December 2010. So a few weeks before that, News Talk offered me a full-time job as a researcher on Moncrief which was amazing like because 2010 Ireland like things weren't great in Ireland it was the recession wave people were losing jobs I was just out of college but thankfully the work experience I had done when I was in college stood to me so I already had you know two years worth of experience two and a half years worth of experience working in a national radio station 
that sort of gave me the shoe in for the job. Um, so I started doing that. And then one day I used to sit back to back with George Hook in the News Talk office back when George hosted The Right Hook. And one day he turned around to me and he said, child, do you like video games? And I was like, yeah. And he handed me three video games that arrived in. It was Peggle, Plants vs. Zombie and Bejeweled. And he asked me to go and play with them and then do a review of them on his show the following Monday in the tech slot. And I did that. And I have been doing technology on News Talk ever since. It's all very accidental. It wasn't a plan. I just kind of fell into it and I'm still falling. I love that, Jess. And I I actually didn't know any of that. And it's fascinating to hear, especially when you know the industry a little bit. But I know for a lot of maybe people tuning in, they mightn't recognize some of those names, you know, that you mentioned. But someone like George Hook, who is a legend in broadcasting and, you know, kind of has stepped back, I guess, from it at this stage. But do you think that it's true, the cliche in this, what they say, you know, with radio and media and TV, that sometimes it takes that lucky break or someone just to give you that step up in the ladder. And, you know, do you think that he might have been that person for you? Yeah, 100 percent. Like I when I'm talking about my career, it's not about it's not just about what I did. It's about who I met and what they saw in me to encourage me on. So George, well, the first person is Patricia Monaghan, who is the managing editor at Newstalk. She's still there now. She kind of like I was a little ball of clay when I started working in News Talk and she has molded me and she's still molding me in our weekly meetings. So um, she's been very influential. George Hook has been so influential. And then the other person is Pat Kenny. Um, I love Pat. Like I love Pat. He loves technology and I love Pat. He has been so encouraging to me. Um, before I was formally appointed technology correspondent in News Talk, I was a researcher on Pat's show. So when Pat went from RTE to News Talk, I was one of his researchers and he was so encouraging and so friendly and so warm. And even to this day, like he'll call me up and say, oh, did you see this new phone from Samsung or for whatever? What do you think of it? He's genuinely interested and he's trying to help me stay on top of what I do, but also get better at it as well, because this is not a game where you're the finished article by the time you get a full time job. Like that's just the start and you have to build up. But I totally agree. Luck and people are luck, people and hard work. They're the three things that will help you along the way. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, I mean, you've had a fascinating journey, especially in terms of technology. Like if we go back to those original video game reviews in 2010 that you mentioned, like there has been a 10 year evolution like no one could have ever predicted when it comes to technology. You've literally gone from, I mean, the days of Bebo and Facebook, I'd imagine, to where we are now, which is TikTok and everything in between like Bitcoin. There's so much going on in the world of technology and it really has evolved over those 10 years. So I I guess in a way has that evolution been like the making of your career as a tech person yeah I think so again I think luck and timing come into play because when I started doing the game reviews with George and then the day after my first game review I came into work as a researcher and there was a phone from Sony Ericsson as it was at the time of my desk and they put a note on my desk going we'd love you to talk about this And again, I thought I was the bee's knees. I was like, oh, my God, I have a phone to try out. Um, 
but people kind of thought that I was the young child who just gets toys to play with and then goes on and talk about them because technology, we didn't fully understand the impact of technology. It wasn't as fundamental in everyday life, even back in 2010. Um, like I distinctly remember encouraging people in News Talk to sign up to Twitter and they were like, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's not going to be a thing. This is just a novelty that you kids are into. Um, but obviously that wasn't the case. So I think... I came into it at the right time. I have always taken the approach of focusing on the consumer technology section because I think, same with anything, when new innovations come along, there's going to be people that will get on board from the outset. There will be people that trickle in and then there will be people who are very reluctant to get involved. And what I want to try and do is cater to all three of those cohorts to ensure that nobody is so far left behind. So I try and break it down. I try to make it understandable. I try to make it approachable. And I do think that the the way it all happened and the timing of it, like I couldn't have planned the timing of it any better. Now, like I'm on air three or four times a day across News Talk. I'm used on the news bulletins across the country because we have the network news service. I'm often on with you guys in Spin and 98 and Today FM. And it's because technology has infiltrated everything. It's not just about phones and games anymore. If you like if we didn't have a good broadband connection, we couldn't do this interview. Broadband is technology. That's vital. If we had crappy mobile phones, you wouldn't be able to see us or hear us clearly. That's technology. Kids learning at home at the moment because of COVID and the remote learning, that's technology. So it's in education, it's in agriculture, it's in business, it's everywhere. And that's the most exciting part of my job is that I have so many things that fall onto my desk and are under my brief. Um, and I kind of just try and take on as much as I can. I try and it's probably to my detriment, but I try and learn as much as I can and cover as much as I can so that I can then offer insight or analysis or explain things to people because very often stuff just comes along and everyone's like, I don't know what this means. So it's a fun job to have for sure. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting in so many ways. And like you mentioned, the fact that it's constantly changing, like this time last year, Zoom wasn't even in our vocabulary. And now it's probably mm-hmm. in our predictive text. It comes up so easily, you know. Um, so I think it is the way it changes. So I guess, Jess, you're constantly learning as a technology reporter, correspondent and expert. You're always learning and upskilling. So I'd imagine you're if well when the world was normal you'd be off to normal events and you'd be meeting lots of tech Mm -hmm. people and tech gurus so did you find that that industry was always male dominated dominated or and that maybe you were only the only woman or maybe one of a few at a lot of those events yeah at the majority of them for sure and again you know, I went my first ever tech event that I went to, I was still a researcher, but I went for the Right Hook, which is George's program, was to an event in Las Vegas. So this was my first time on the West Coast of America. I was 21 or 22, like very young. Um, so intimidated and nervous because News Talk was sending me to Las Vegas to report on something. If I didn't get the stuff that they needed, they weren't going to get it. That was a huge responsibility. And I remember going down to the convention center room thing in the Venetian hotel. And I was struck by how young I felt. So it was a lot of people in their 40s to 60s, maybe, because it was a more business tech event. And I think I counted maybe six or seven other women out of hundreds of people. 
and the majority of those women were working at the reception desk or, you know, as uh, facilitators for the events rather than the people speaking on stage or um, being the, the, the decision makers in the room. So I thought that was weird. But maybe it was a one-off. And then I went to an event in London for the launch of, it was a Google launch. I can't remember what it was for, but Google were launching something. And I was in a queue waiting to get into the event. And everywhere I looked were men. I couldn't actually see another female. Now, it has improved a lot over the years. And I think there are brilliant women tech journalists. Like we have a few of them here in Ireland. There's Elaine Burke from Silicon Republic. There's Kira O'Brien from the Irish Times. Kira has been so supportive of me. She's about 10 years older than me. And when I started, she could see that I was like, I, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was so overwhelmed. And she kind of taught me how to make sure that your voice was heard in a room. Like if you're sitting around a round table with a CEO of a big tech company who thinks they're so important, and sometimes they are important, and everyone else around that table is a man, you do get intimidated as to, you know, asking a question and God, well, they think I'm a dope if I ask this question. And how do I not sound like a nervous when I'm asking my question? But like one of the things that I have learned is that, you know, with experience comes confidence. You're not going to be confident the first time you do anything. You have to build it up. And the only way you're going to build it up is by doing it. And you also realize that not everyone around the table is smarter than you. They may talk more than you and they may talk louder than you. That doesn't mean they're smarter. So um, it's a skill that I've learned to build up over time. But I still do get that feeling every time I walk into a room and I am the only woman or I am the only young person because that still happens too. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, I guess, that it still does happen in 2021. But hopefully there is an evolution coming to like, it's constantly evolving, I suppose, technology. And a lot of young people now, their whole lives, they have not known a life without technology, I should say. You know, they've literally grown up with it since they were probably handed an iPad as a young person. And that will continue to be the case. So for young people who are tuning this in that maybe want to pursue a career in technology, particularly for young girls who think that they would like to do something like you do, or maybe go all the way to Silicon Valley and head up, I don't know, the next Snapchat or whatever it will be. What is your advice to those girls? Just go for it. Like, I think you can talk yourself out of doing anything. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. So if you are interested in technology, get involved in some way, shape or form. There are so many groups and mini communities that are out there that encourage conversations about technology. You can go to whether it is like a coding club or whatever. Just put yourself out there. And if you want to get involved in the reporting side of things, I think, again, you need to speak up and make people notice you and make people respect your ideas. You know, one of the things that frustrated me and really demoralized me when I was like right up until about five minutes ago was I'd often get asked to be on panels as a woman because everyone else was a man. So the token woman thing. And that destroyed my soul for a long time because I thought like there's more to me than ovaries. Like I'm actually quite smart. I do my homework. I can speak. I know what I'm talking about. So I found that really, really hard. But then I realized sometimes you have to be you. I have to be the token so that my niece who's five, hopefully when she's 32, she won't have to be the token. That's the way I look at it. You know, it's we're all trying to make little changes. So by the time those who are teenagers now get to whether they want to be in this chair or in your chair or in any chair in broadcasting, 
hopefully things will have changed significantly. And I also think you should value the notion of being the underdog. So it happens still to this day. If I walk in, like I've hosted a few events, right? And sometimes I'm the MC, so I'm the person who introduces everybody, maybe does a few panel discussions and so on. And I have physically seen the faces of important, and I'll go important business people in tech drop when they realize I'm the one doing the interview. Because I think, oh God, she hasn't got a clue. She's about 12. And there's no better feeling than proving them wrong. And you don't do it out of spite. You do it because that's what you're there to do. That's like you're being paid to facilitate a conversation with these people, not just because you're a woman, but because you're able to do it. And I think if you keep that in mind that you are able, people won't pay you to do things if you're not able to do them. If they don't believe in you, if they don't want you on their stage, if they don't want you associated with their brand, they won't have you do it. Like it's in nobody's interest to have this thing fail. So I think you need to take opportunities Yes, you can be intimidated, but also believe that, you know, somewhere somebody has confidence that you can do this and that's why you're doing it. Um, I think it's very tough to break into journalism in general at the moment. There is this notion of, you know, citizen journalism. That's what the likes of Twitter and even TikTok to a certain extent now is becoming. People are reporting on stuff on their phones. But you need to be able to go beyond just point and shoot. You need to be able to tell the story. You need to be able to break it down. Um, like, again, a, a skill that I learned, it was Fionn Davenport, who's a travel writer. He told me before, don't be afraid to say I don't know, because nobody will believe you when you say you have the correct answer if you always have an answer. Like, there's no such thing as 100% expert. So say I don't know, say I'm not sure, and people will trust you more. And also do your homework. Like I'm still working as I'm talking to you now, I have three screens here beside me filled with bits and pieces that I'm working on for different projects. So like I'm doing a piece about the national broadband plan. So I have eight different, very long documents from the department of communications that I have to read through now. It's not fun. It's not exciting, but it makes me better at my job. So doing the work I think is incredibly vital. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice, Jess. And I think it's so true because sometimes in school, you know, we have this tendency to like veer towards the subjects that, uh, you know, we can do minimum work for and we get the best results. So sometimes actually getting the career in what you love means putting in that hard graft and like doing the work that isn't glamorous and that maybe you don't want to do, but like essentially is going to get you over the line and maybe get you into that position that you dream to be in. So that's so refreshing to hear you say that. And I'm sure a lot of students will be delighted that you did say that. Um, that hard work is so important because we know it is I must just ask you very quickly before we wrap things up because I am always so envious when I see the incredible deliveries you get on your desk on Instagram <laughs> when you're sharing what just lands onto your you know into your post pile iPhone 12s PS5s what is the coolest delivery Jess you have ever gotten Oh, good question. I think actually you mentioned two of them. So before Christmas, the PS5 and the iPhone 12 Pro Max arrived on the same day. And I was like a child. I was like, I don't know what to open first. And I think that's a cool thing about my job is that I love technology. Like when I was younger, I used to sit down with my brother, flick through the Argos catalog and be like, oh my God, a new iPod Touch. Imagine owning an iPod Touch. And now I get these devices before they go into shops. So the novelty hasn't worn off at all. Like I'm still as buzzed about setting up a new phone as I was 10 years ago, which I think is fun. 
but a lot of good stuff does come through and can we ask the big question do you get to keep them or do you have to send them back it depends. So uh, the majority of the stuff goes back. What some companies do is they'll do a rolling review. So Apple, for example, they'll give you an iPhone 12 Pro Max that you can hang on to for a year. And then when the iPhone 13 comes out, you trade in the 12 and then you get the 13. So that way, and it makes sense, to be honest, because if an app comes out that I want to review or if a feature comes out on iOS, but I only have a Samsung S21, I can't review it. So it makes sense for them to keep a device in your hand the entire time. That being said, the iPhone 12 is literally sitting over there on my bedside locker and I haven't used it. I'm using the S21 now at the moment. Um, So they're all kind of fighting for attention, but the majority of the stuff does go back. Cool. And how bad? I mean, I would love to have a few iPhones fighting for attention. I'm just trying to like avoid, you know, taking a selfie without the crack on my screen, making a shine. <laughs> Jess, it is so great to chat to you. And I know I have no doubt but that you've inspired lots of young people. Um, for young girls tuning in or any women that are tuning in that would maybe like to get in contact with you or follow your journey from here, I'm sure you have loads more great advice and you are a really informative person to follow on social media where is the best place that people can reach out to you or follow I guess everything that you do so you can follow me at Jess Kelly NT on both Instagram and Twitter I think I'm a bit old for TikTok unfortunately but maybe someday who knows with all those phones you could be doing like amazing <laughs> things <laughs> Jess it is so great to chat to you thank you so much for sharing all those wise words and we wish you the best with everything Thank you so much for your time.